Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. The title I've given I've given this is Not Knowing the Mysterious Anti-Logic of Emptiness in Zen. So as we begin, let's relax. Um, everyone, please relax in, into your meditation posture, feeling quite comfortable. letting go of any physical tension you might be feeling in your body. And also letting go of any mental tension. We have this time here together, so we can put all things, all our usual concerns off to the side for a little while and relax into this experience together. So the thing I'll talk around in all inside and outside and around about today um, is known is called not knowing. And it's this mysterious place of anti-logic in the sense that we don't need any um, rational thought to enter the mind of not knowing. So we'll just step through this, this process and see where it leads us. All of us here are meditators and we're all very much aware of the tendency of our minds to hold on to opinions. These opinions relate to how others should be, how we should be, how others should treat us. And we hold on to these, um, but it, we do pay a price for holding on to them. We, these are the activities of the untrained mind. And we see them very clearly as meditators. But the important thing about our practice is that it creates for us an alternative to always being caught in the thinking mind. 
the alternative to the thinking mind with all its opinions and insistences on how everything should be is a different way of being in the world. It's a place of freshness and vitality. It's a place of not assuming. We don't assume we know outcomes. We don't assume that we're necessarily right. And we don't assume that we have all the answers and that we should be convincing everyone else. So it is in this sense that not knowing opens our capacity to be, to exist in a more balanced way in the world. When we let go of trying to solve everything with our minds, we actually open the door to in connection, to interconnection and a sense of perspective. This itself is a great relief and a great joy. We don't have to logically know all the answers. We don't have to control situations. So how can we cultivate the mind of not knowing? The first thing that we can do is to simply recognize that there's discomfort in holding to fixed opinions about things. When we hold to fixed opinions, it's uncomfortable because we reinforce the sense of being in, in a struggle with life. We set ourselves up for disappointment and we feel wounded when things don't go our way. It's uncomfortable because it feeds the sense of being isolated from life and being vulnerable. Back in the time of Shakyamuni, we know that he talked a lot about dissatisfaction and that much of our suffering is unnecessary and actually it's our habits of mind which create so much of it. In meditation, we clearly, clearly see what our minds do. We sit still, we might focus on the breath, or we might have an open, or we might sit in open awareness. And when we do, we can clearly know that everything that's going on in our mind is created by our mind. All we're doing is just sitting there. And yet, we may be 
diving into things that happened in the past, reliving things, fighting all kinds of battles, writing emails, planning. All of these things are created by our minds. So we can see clearly the activity of our minds in meditation. And we can see that we have the tendency to go over the same things again and again. And that it's actually really painful. So we can start off recognizing this kind of tussle that we seem to be engaged in of pushing and pulling. And when we sit aware of the effect of this in our bodies, we're naturally inclined, we become naturally inclined to steer ourselves away from it. We discover beliefs we're holding on to and hopefully over time we might be willing to let go of some of them or soften them. All our fixed views of expectations of things, including things about how a meditation practice should be. Meditation is something we, we do time and time again. And it's questionable whether we ever get it right, so to speak. But that is not the point. The point is we do it and we discover ourselves in doing it. And we discover that our minds are unskillful and that they do cause us to suffer. Whenever we cling to opinions, we are trying to force the world to be a certain way. And when we do this, we're never really happy with things just as they are. In terms of further developing a mind of not knowing, which is, by the way, an incredibly fruitful thing to do and inclines us towards a mind of great peace. Um, there are various techniques that directly address this in Zen. Joko taught the practice of labeling thoughts. I'm having a thought that I'm no good at such and such or whatever the thought might be. We label them and then we recognize, this helps us recognize that they're thoughts and we don't have to believe them. They're not a description of reality, they're just a thought. Other ways of diving into not knowing include what Andrew talked about recently, which is to, to explore a pattern 
the explorer practice of bracketing thoughts. So temporarily letting go of ideas about ourselves, how old we are, our gender, jobs or relationships. And in that way, we can begin to lessen our clinging to our thoughts and defining ourselves and who we are. Also in Zen, there is the practice of Mu. Mu is a Japanese word that means no. And it can help us in the process of generating great doubt. Great doubt is where we do not take anything at all at face value. We seek to dive in and discover the truth. And we can only see the truth by letting go of fixed ideas and opinions. So, in the practice of Mu, we say Mu, which means no, to all of our thoughts as they arise. And in fact, all aspects of our experience are labelled Mu. This practice is important because it, these kinds of practices because they give us a, a sense of freedom and indeed in moments of awakening we can experience something which is quite beyond logical thought and that's where we're inclining ourselves towards today a place that's outside of that. So we can step ourselves through this fascinating anti-logic. The Buddha talked about practice as being against the stream. In other words, completely breaking with our conventional habits of mind. When we speak of emptiness, as the Buddha did, though later teachers emphasized emptiness more, we're not just going against the stream. We ask things like, is there a stream at all? How do things actually exist? So in this mysterious anti-logic, the mind of not knowing or emptiness, this is quite beyond anything we can experience with our senses and is beyond any bodily experience in, and beyond any mental experience. When it is realised, 
it brings all these experiences in our life alive. Not knowing inclines us towards perfect peace. It inclines us towards the fundamental stillness of a universe that is constantly changing. When we practice, we are looking for an answer, something our minds can grasp, but it's not there at all. Emptiness is outside of conventional meaning or finding the right words or finding the right teacher. It is literally beyond description. And in emptiness, there is no self and no other. Now I'm just going to gently step us through a couple of koans which can help incline us towards no mind. In case three of the gateless gate, we meet Master Gute. And this is a little koan, a little story about him, quite curious. So whenever someone came to Master Gute with a question about the Dharma, his response was always the same. His peculiar response was to simply raise a finger. He did this regardless of what was asked. So you could imagine people bringing him their questions. Master, why am I suffering? How can I end suffering? Master, please help me understand awakening. Please help me understand who I am. Master, what is the meaning of the Dharma? And he simply responds by raising a finger. So just what is this that he's doing? He's not giving a logical response, is he? And in not responding logically, what is this space that he is attempting to open up for us? In case 77 of the Blue Cliff Record, a monk asks Yun Men, what is the teaching that goes beyond Buddhas and Patriarchs? Yun Men replies, rice cake. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we can imagine if this was Master Gute and someone said, what is the most important teaching? He would simply raise a finger. And here Yunmen replies, rice cake. So they're showing us that we're not even engaging on the level of logic here, are we? So we can look deeply into the invitation that's being given to us. A similar sort of koan can be found in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. You might recall, if you if you know The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which many people do, that a supercomputer called Deep Thought was built to answer the question. The ultimate question of life, the universe and everything. So you can imagine someone going to Gute and saying, Master Gute, what is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe and everything? Deep thought was built and given this challenge. And he said he could do it, but he needed time to think. How much time he was asked? 7.5 million years. So, the descendants of these people spoke to Deep Thought 7.5 million years later. Oh, Deep Thought, do you have an answer for us? The answer was the extremely famous 42. So, while it might not have been the author's intention to produce a Zen koan for us, this is the result. Let us keep walking through this sense of going beyond thoughts. We can continue to, got to cultivate this by letting go of ideas. We can start like this. In emptiness, there is no inherent characteristic of colour. In emptiness, there's no colour 
and there's no fixed shape. There's nothing conceptual at all. It doesn't have inherent characteristics or qualities. It cannot be pinned down. Thus, by being completely allowing and not discriminating at all, the experience of emptiness and not knowing is actually peace itself. So we are looking at something that's not restricted to being a particular colour or shape. Indeed, it's not even constrained by time. In emptiness, there is simply no sense of time at all. It's not constrained by ideas of yesterday, tomorrow, or even now. There is no time whatsoever. There's also no spatial dimensions or we could say the spatial dimensions of it in emptiness, the spatial dimensions in emptiness are unknowable. Emptiness is utterly without any sense of physical space, but it is also, it also does not have a sense of the absence of physical space. In emptiness, we are not restricted to counting. We are not restricted by number at all, whether infinity or one, two, three, four, five. Because emptiness is complete freedom and cannot be tied down or pinned down. So though we may search with the logical mind, we won't find what we're looking for with the logical mind. We think there's got to be logic to this emptiness. I'm a smart person. Surely I can figure it out. But you can't figure it out. And knowing that you can't figure it out is really the point. What we are experiencing here is truth because we are not expecting particular things to be true. We are letting go of 
any ideas of what we think is true. We cannot see truth if we have preconceived ideas about how things are. So we're asking, what is true? What is really true? And making no assumptions whatsoever. So emptiness has this mysterious quality of being and not being all things. Relaxing into not knowing is the heart of contemplative spirituality. It can and will deeply enrich our lives. Abiding in emptiness Binding, abiding in a mind of not knowing allows us to appreciate our lives and it does not make us a sort of blank consciousness actually it gives complete room to each of our personalities to blossom so that Buddha nature can fully express itself in the beauty of each individual person. Through not knowing, all of this is given space to flourish. We are given space to flourish. We are creative and we can tap into intuitive wisdom. In this mind of not knowing, of emptiness, we can intuitively appreciate the interconnection of all things. And this is what gives us balance, equanimity and peace. It gives us an intuitive sense of what the right thing to do is without having to go through so many painful ifs and buts and maybes about what we should do, what the right thing to do is. We develop trust in this profound interconnection that is the reality of our lives. Emptiness, not knowing, is the deep quality of peace and of nothing left out.
without so much consternation in our lives, we can be simpler, more childlike, clear-headed, at ease, comfortable. Making good decisions comes naturally. Knowing what to do comes naturally. We aren't overburdened with trying to logic our lives into submission. mind of not knowing, of emptiness, includes all of life, all things, our physical bodies, our thoughts and our emotions. It's every sensation we've ever felt. It is everything we have ever experienced or known. Emptiness is not hidden because emptiness is everywhere and is everything. Thank you for being here to come on this little journey. Let us continue to practice well as and when we can in our lives. <laughs>